Hello and welcome to the Estate Planners Podcast. My name is Anthony Brinkman and this is the place for will writers, estate planners and solicitors that are interested in learning the tips, tools and technicalities to best help their clients. This is episode 26 entitled Funeral Directions. Funeral directions in a will are, in my humble opinion, far more valuable than most estate planners give them credit for. In the vast majority of wills that I see written by other companies, the funeral directions are limited to simply saying something along the lines of, I wish my body to be cremated, if there are any directions included at all. This is missing a real point of value for our clients. So let's just start this by addressing a few points that might be leading to this industry trend. I'm sure you'll be aware that funeral directions are not a legally binding part of the will. They are suggestions to the family and nothing more. The family can choose to ignore those directions completely and face no adverse consequences other than perhaps for a few twangs of guilt. But there's no legal requirement to follow that element of the will. Also, it is true to say that a will might not be found or read before the funeral takes place. If it's stored somewhere other than at the testator's home, then it could be a week or a month after the death that the will is actually retrieved, at which point the funeral will likely already have taken place. So one might ask, why bother putting funeral directions in the will? To answer that, I'll tell you about one client meeting that I had many years ago. The client was one of three brothers, and he was relaying the story of what happened when his father passed away. He and his two brothers were sat in their father's house, around the kitchen table, and had started to discuss the funeral. One brother was adamant about one particular aspect of the funeral, and got quite heated about it. His other brother had the complete opposite opinion, and the two of them got into an intense argument. They then turned to the third brother, my client, to get his take on the situation. He was, frankly, not really bothered either way, and he didn't consider the matter of any great importance. So both of those brothers fell out with my client for not taking their side or seeming to care and fell out with each other. And at the point that I had that meeting with that client, they had not spoken to each other for over seven years. And yet, the nature of this particular point of contention was exactly the type of point that could or should be included in a good, thorough funeral directions clause in a well-written will. There is another issue that I've observed when it comes to funeral directions too. When you're sat with a client, you could ask the question, would you like to leave any directions in the will about your funeral? Now, I guarantee if you ask that question in that way, probably eight or nine out of ten clients are going to say, oh no, it's fine, I don't want to leave any directions. But ask the next ten clients the same question, but in a different way, that elicits a response. And you're going to find that most, if not all, will actually have quite detailed ideas about what they want. So, how do you elicit a response? How could you, how should you ask that same question? Well, the problem with the first question, do you want to leave funeral directions, is that it only allows a yes or no answer. 
To get a response, you need to do the same thing, but with a different question. What I've found to be most workable is to lead into this subject and ask whether they want to be buried or cremated. Here's an example, assuming that you're going to ask about funeral directions after you've asked for the estate distribution. Okay, Mrs Smith, so we've gone over who you want to be your executors. We've gone over the two gifts that you want to make, and we've gone over how you want the rest of your estate to be distributed. So there's one other point that we're going to look at before we conclude the will instructions, and that is any thoughts that you've got about the funeral. So let's start with perhaps the most basic question, which is whether or not you'd want to be buried or cremated. So you can see that this way, the way that I've put it in that example, you've been quite assumptive about the fact that they are going to include this in the will. That directs the client's attention towards a specific area, which they will probably have a pretty fast answer to. Most people have at least given this a little bit of thought and hold an opinion about whether or not they'd want to be buried or cremated. Having got an answer to that question, proceeding on to a logical follow-on series of questions then retains the flow of that conversation. For example, okay, so you would prefer to be cremated. Now, where do you think that that cremation should take place? at the Bleeblar crematorium. And is that where you'd want the service to take place too? Or would there be some other separate service like a church service? So you get the picture here. The flow of the questions is logical and it helps the client to mock up that future situation. And you end up then getting their thoughts, their opinions, their decisions that usually have actually already been made. I've had estate planners that have been in the habit of asking the do you want to leave any funeral directions question and having had very little interest from clients and heard me then cover this point there's quite some incredulity about the fact that clients actually want to interact with this. If that is how you're thinking right now as you listen to this then I encourage you just to try this approach. I challenge you to take this approach and see what happens. You'll be stunned how many people have actually given this topic some thought. And what about how useful this information is? Is it going to actually help the family in the end? Well, only in this last week, I had a very experienced estate planner that has just lost her father. And she's had something of a wake-up call about the amount of detail that is required and how very, very useful it would have been to have had her father's thoughts now that she's having to deal with everything. She said in this conversation that she had always been a little bit dismissive about the importance of funeral directions going in the will, but not anymore. She'll be taking this quite assumptive approach and getting as much detail as possible from her future clients now. Because now she knows firsthand how much this would have helped her at this point in time. Before we move on from this question of burial or cremation, there is one other option, which is for the body to be left to medical science. Whilst this can be included in the will as a direction, the person should also contact the local medical school as they will have a procedure to follow. Consent can't be given by anybody else after death and arrangements usually have to be made to deal with the body very quickly. So, we've mentioned burial and cremation, we've mentioned the cremation or burial location, and we've mentioned the location of the service, where the service itself should take place. So, what else goes into funeral directions as well as these points? 
Well, what about the scattering of the ashes? For people that are opting for cremation, a good question to ask after the location of the service would be whether they would want their ashes to be scattered or buried. Once that's established, then the next logical question is where they would want that to happen. You'll find that clients will often spend time thinking about this if they haven't done so before. And if you're with a couple, they'll speak to each other about where they would want the ashes to be scattered or buried. It can be quite a meaningful conversation and sometimes even turns on the waterworks, so be ready for a few tears. I recall getting to this stage of the appointment with a middle-aged couple and the gentleman made a joke about this point saying, oh, I don't really care what happens to my ashes, just throw them in the bin and make sure you use the green wheelie bin. He was joking about it, but he was making the point that he wasn't bothered about what happened. But his wife chipped in and said, well, that's easy for you to say, but what are we meant to do if you go first? He persisted with the assertion that they should just bin the ashes, saying that it really doesn't matter. But then his wife said, well, what about your dad's and Uncle Joe's? This kind of brought him up short. He just sat there for a moment and she turned to me and she said, his dad's ashes and his Uncle Joe's ashes are still in the box from the funeral directors. They've been sat in the garage for about five years and I keep telling him we should scatter them somewhere. They're taking up space, but he won't get rid of them. And Mr. had to agree, he realised what she was saying. And he gave it a bit of thought and concluded that he would want them scattered at sea. He enjoyed sea fishing and he thought that would be a nice gesture for his two sons as they often went out together. As a nice little ending to that story, he also decided that would be a good final resting place for both his dad and his Uncle Joe too as they'd been the ones that had originally introduced him to fishing. The question often comes up about what you can and what you cannot do with ashes. Where are you allowed to scatter or bury ashes? The basic answer is that as long as you get the landowner's permission, you should be fine. I wrote the will for a friend of mine that was Austrian by birth. He didn't have any children, but he had four sisters that lived at various places around the world. Two still lived in Austria, one in the US and one in either Denmark or Sweden, I can't remember which. But he didn't really have any family in the UK. So I agreed to be the executor on the estate and he had asked for his ashes to be scattered at a small airfield where he used to like going to watch the planes. I spoke to the four sisters and they were all happy to follow his wishes and when the time came I got in touch with the airfield and got their permission to scatter his ashes and invited a few of his friends so we could say a few words beforehand. We filmed it and we sent the recording of that on to his four sisters who were very pleased and thankful of the gesture. People, of course, often choose places that are significant to them. Holidays that they've had, places of natural beauty, churches, gardens of remembrance, perhaps where other family members have been buried, and, of course, a person's favourite football team grounds. Other inclusions in funeral directions can be features of the service. Particular songs are very common to include. Hymns, readings, poems, passages from books, and directions about what people should wear. Commonly, there might be a direction for people not to wear black or to wear brightly coloured clothes. There was one will that directed for people to come in fancy dress with the theme of Disney characters, as this had always been this particular lady's favourite movies. There can be directions to conduct the service in the form of a particular religion, of course, and to observe various rites and rituals. 
on the question of songs, this can often be quite a source of amusement and can lighten the mood of this line of questioning somewhat as people see this as a way of leaving a final laugh for their family and friends. In my company, we sometimes do public presentations, we have training days and staff events, and there can be occasions when it's good to have a little bit of background music. So a few years ago, we started to compile a, a playlist consisting of the various songs that we get asked to include in Wills. A few notable inclusions, Living in a Box, Disco Inferno, Return to Sender, Bat Out of Hell, Going Underground, and then there are the most common songs such as Time to Say Goodbye. Certainly that was the most popular song at one point, quite possibly still is. You'll Never Walk Alone, We'll Meet Again, Over the Rainbow, Angels, My Way, and one that fits both the amusing category and is surprisingly popular, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. Another inclusion that seems to be quite popular is for people to include a direction for family flowers only. In other words, they don't want everybody attending to be spending money on flowers, but instead to leave some money to a charity of their choice. And this is a nice finishing touch on funeral directions, as it does have a positive effect on the appointment that you've had with the client too. It gives them that sense of giving something back and doing a final good deed at the end of their life. The last point would be to check whether the client has a prepaid funeral. Once upon a time, of course, this would be a prompt for the client to ask you about whether you could help with this, but since the FCA's rules were introduced in 2022, we can't do that anymore. However, if they already have a plan, then including the plan reference number can be useful for the family so they know that it exists, and again, it takes away one more job that they would otherwise need to be dealing with. So there we go. A rapid overview of funeral directions. As a reminder, be aware of how you introduce this topic to your clients and don't ask whether they want to include directions or not. Ask instead whether they want to be buried or cremated and then keep the flow of those questions going. People do have thoughts about this, even if they haven't voiced their decisions before, and they'll be grateful to you for bringing it up. As will the family, of course, when it comes to the time of having to make those decisions. I hope you have found this useful. Please do like and subscribe and follow the podcast if you haven't done so already. And I wish you all the best until next episode. Thank you for listening.